Hey there, this is the Starting Up with Virtue Zone podcast, an opportunity for you to listen back to the best bits uh, from our latest episode. Neil Petch joined us live in the studio uh, under a number of different pseudonyms. So the chairman, obviously, of Virtue Zone was in the hot seat, so Chairman Petch. Also, Dr Petch as well, company clinic with Neil. A lot of questions coming through about golden visas, green visas, and every other kind of visa. And Neil was on hand to answer those questions, as he is each every week and if not him then somebody from the Virtue Zone team uh, guess wise we talked all things digital banks uh, we had the bus from Wio Bank come up from Abu Dhabi to speak to us live in studio wanted to know uh, the difference between traditional banking and digital banking and the help that they were supplying for SMEs and startups made for a fascinating uh, in, uh, conversation uh, with uh, Wio Bank uh, also talked to entrepreneurs a new feature for us, uh, the UAE's next unicorn, question mark. Uh, io is one of the organisations that's looking to address food waste here in the region, uh, both here in the UAE and in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and elsewhere across the GCC. Uh, the boss, the founder, joined us to explain, to explain his concept uh, and to talk about uh, what he hopes to do, uh, the technology and innovations that he's bringing to bear on the food industry in terms of food security. In fact, food was something of a common theme. Why? Because we also got our thoughts from the lights of pickle uh, and one rare uh, here in the region on the food verse. That's right. It is a thing. Thought you had your head around the metaverse. Well, think about the food verse. Is that food in the metaverse or a metaverse for food? All was explained to us. That's uh, right here on Starting Up with Virtue Zone. Keep it locked here on Dubai I 103.8. We're back on Thursdays from 1. Do tune in then. In the meantime, enjoy the podcast. Starting up with Virtue Zone on Dubai Eye 103.8. Yeah, starting up with Virtue Zone, a constant on your radio. A little bit of a shake-up as we move into a new season of starting up with Virtue Zone. Neil Petch is alongside me. Mr P, good to see you as always. Fantastic to be here. Nice to be back together. It's, It's like putting the band back together. Goodness me, I mean the energy. You know, if only Pink Floyd could do it, you know, but we've been able to do it. We brought the team back together uh, and good to have you. In terms of um, in terms of all things Virtue Zone, I, I, ordinarily I'd ask you how is everything at Virtue Zone HQ, but given the fact that you're just about everywhere at the moment, how to keep on top of things? Well, thank you very much, Tom. New offices, bigger offices, more expertise. Everyone in the company knows, knows so much more than I do about it. I don't know why I'm sitting here, actually. Uh, exciting times, though, nonetheless. Yeah. Fantastic. G- great to be in the UAE, isn't it? It's great to have. Uh, Awful weather. Uh, the, the weather. I hope we don't have a weather forecast or a traffic report today. I want, I want more, more of talking to Jamal. Because we, we know what the weather's like. We know what the traffic's like. Let's talk about stuff that startups can benefit from. It's interesting you mention that because we like to start strong here on Starting Up with the feature about a success story or a business that's helping companies thrive in more ways than one. SMEs have always faced challenges in terms of financing. Many business owners say, say that banks have requirements that are impossible to meet. Make it difficult for them to grow their business according to plan. But 
We've stepped into a new era where digital banks, digibanks have emerged and promised to address those issues. So to tell us more, we're joined here live in studio by none other than the Chief Operating and Experience Officer at WIO Bank, an Abu Dhabi-based digital bank. It's a warm welcome to Mr. Jamal Alawadi. Jamal, thanks for joining us. No, thank you so much, gentlemen, for having me on the show. Really good to have you on board this morning. Thanks for coming uh, all the way to speak to us here as well. Look, Traditional banks. We've just got our heads around traditional bankings and the ways that they have uh, they, that they go about their business. Traditional banks would say that they are embracing digital banking as well. But is it fully digital? And how does a traditional bank's digital offering differ from Wio? Well, I think with Wio, um, we built the bank up natively digital, right? And that was the the thought process in mind. Um, we were looking to come in and, and really shake up uh, the banking landscape, in particular uh, the SME banking landscape. I think that there's a tremendous number of obviously banks in the in, in the region, and and they each have their own strong point. And we at WIO want to tackle, I guess, what was a long-standing challenge uh, for SMEs when it comes to banking, and we believe we're on the right path to cracking that. Uh, and solving some of those challenges. A, of course, building it uh, from scratch, uh, being digitally native. We find that uh, our, our customers are, um, I mean, looking around, you know, everyone is already using apps, whether it's for a serv- some service or the other. This doesn't just stop at our retail customers or individuals. This extends to businesses. Businesses are leveraging products and services that are cloud-based, that are online today, signing up for all sorts of services. You see that increasingly uh, in the private sector, you see it in the government sector. Um, it's only natural then that we would bring forth a a, a version uh, of banking that is entirely digital. N- none of that paperwork that you require. None of the requirements to go in and visit a bank and a branch. I think SMEs are extremely busy wanting to focus on their own business. And WIO was set up with that intention, that main intention to say, how do we get you back, focus back on the things that matter most, which is your business, and leave the banking and the admin and the rest of the uh, of the day-to-day to us? Mm. Neil, I mean, you, you see this every day with the clients that you work with. Is financing still a problem for SMEs? It is. Look, well, I'm a huge proponent of the UAE is the best place to run your business from. But getting started, which means getting your company set up and then having a bank account, has not been the easiest. And I want to draw an analogy, Tom. We're a couple of Brits, Jamal's Emirati, but sounding a little American, London. (laughs) How easy is it to navigate in London? It's a nightmare. Mm. New York, grid system, nice and easy. WIO's a bit like that. So Mm. they've started and they've thought, right, let's make this easy for people. And for our customers, it's incredibly important to both get set up very quickly, but set up the right way, right, Jamal? So, you know, if you've got a particular activity, you don't want, if you're paying for something, for your, for your, that, that uh, transmission to be stopped. It needs to happen really quickly. So it's not just about the, 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 the speed to start with. It, it's about your processes and everything. And, and we have had a great experience with our customers at, mm. uh, at, at VirtuZone using uh, WIO. And, and I think there's a lot more to come as well. So, Jamal, can I ask, 
um, you know, to a typical startup who's who's wanting to to uh, get established, can you just talk us through what they need to do and and how? Because one of the things that we have is people are saying, just tell me what documents you need. Yeah. I'll send them all. And sometimes it's not knowing what they haven't sent. That's the frustration that our startups uh, uh, have. And I think you're solving that. Yeah. So um, at WIO, we have a, uh, a fully digital onboarding process. Uh, a lot of times I get asked, uh, Jamal, we want to set up uh, and open a bank account with you. Who do we talk to? I said, you don't. Is there someone you, I can call? Is there someone you know that you can send over? And you, it's just our app. So you, you start by downloading the app. You download the WIO uh, business app, you fire it up, and you start the onboarding process. You start to enter your basic information. It asks you a few questions about the type of business you have, the license, where you're registered. Now, all of this as, is with a purpose um, to better guide our customer down the right path to opening the bank account. We've established relationships with um, government entities, private entities, free zones, to be able to ease the onboarding process for customers and reduce the amount of documents that we require from them. Um, and the, the further we extend our integrations, again, completely digital, right? Natively digital is, is, is how we've built our platform. The easier and quicker the onboarding process becomes, but even beyond that, on an ongoing basis, because onboarding is just one part of it, right? There's a journey beyond just getting a bank account. And we owe, if you... Uh, if you go back to the origins of the name and, and, and why that W came into play in WIO, really the W stands for uh, obviously the, 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 the life cycle of, of a business or even an individual or anyone for that matter. You have your ups and your downs. How is your financial services partner, how is WIO there for you throughout those moments and what are we doing to um, cater to you and your needs and, and, and make doing business a lot easier. Tom, let me give you an example of, of how the fact that it's fully digital has helped us integrate. So we launched uh, an AI chat GPT based business planner. So you can come in, you can launch your business, you can go to the bank and say, this is my business plan. And that is fully integrated with WIO. Mm. So, so you can deliver that and that helps you both set the account up and then have access to money after that. And that's AI based. Tom, it's a nice short way to start your business. Why don't you go and do it? Get that WIO account, download the app. I will do it this afternoon. Now, just, uh, the other thing I want to ask, because one of the criticisms we hear, Jamal, a lot from, again, Traditional banks, excuse the, the, the phrase there. But yeah. A lot of people saying, uh, yeah, well, m- my dad banked with them and therefore I banked with them and, and, and we've been with them forever and I'm a loyal customer, etc. Um, but they never listen. The bank doesn't listen. Is the difference now when it comes to digital banks like WIO that you listen to the SMEs and the problems they have? I think we did a tremendous amount of listening uh, uh, before we started, but we continue to do that. And I think a big part of that is our relationship with the Virtue Zone, with a number of other organizations within the UAE, where we are, we are directly connected, but not just on a technology level, but on a personal level as well. We get tremendous amount of feedback uh, from these organizations, and it helps us create a bit of a community around banking, right? Which I think is a, is a huge advantage that, that WIO brings, mm-hmm. is, is that understanding of the challenges in the market, not yesterday, but today, and of course, what's coming around the corner. Um, when it comes to digital banking, I know we talk a lot about, about digital banking, but, but, I, but our view at WIO is digital banking is 
today is the present. Where we always headed is the future, and where the future is is what's called platform banking. And now platform banking is where you offer financial services apps or banking service apps, which an example would be WeO Business. But beyond that, you start to extend additional products and services such as embedded finance or banking as a service, which then now takes you beyond just servicing your customer, which it could be a business, but allowing now that customer, that business to provide services to their customers downstream, right? And these could be financial services products, right? Mm-hmm. In Under the brand or the name of that uh, SME or business customer. Jamal, do you, that, so that's one way that you're extending. Do you have any plans outside of the UAE for WEO? We're always exploring uh, additional areas of growth and opportunities. This is constant, right? Just as we con- continuously look at our proposition, we constantly look at areas of new growth, um, we definitely have plans um, to look at the, the retail segment of the market. Um, that's squarely in our radar. Um, however, we, are, we still have tremendous growth within just the business uh, uh, side of, uh, of banking. Not just providing banking services, but because of our platform bank nature, we're extending into what we call um, non-banking services. Mm. Services that and products that our business customers frequently use today or are looking to use and leverage today that may not immediately fall under uh, banking services. Do you see a time when, when, for example, Tom's uncle back, yeah. in, back in London could set an account up with you prior to having a, a, a UAE visa? Is that something in the future? That's, that's definitely an aspiration. I think we can look okay. forward to that. Um, and I think the more we do, I think the I think to your earlier point, I think the UAE and the leadership has done a fantastic job to make the UAE a great place to live and work, and of course to start up and set up a business. And I think everyone around in the in the in the entire ecosystem needs to come to deliver to that to that promise. And we believe that WIO is has a big part to play to advancing that uh, that initiative. Hopefully we are going to be following that uh, progress uh, in the years to come. Jamal, we're going to leave it there. Unfortunately, time is against us. We could talk for hours about this. Just very quickly, though, to those out there, those SMEs, those wanting to make the jump, those wanting to find out more, what's your advice to them? Come and speak to the bank. You can reach out to us, but the easiest thing is get start to download the app, start your onboarding process. Nothing stops you from having a second account or a third account and try us out. And then we are confident that over time, and once you try us, you'll be sold on the proposition, and hopefully you'll start to move over a little bit more to Wheel Bank. Jamal, it's an absolute pleasure having you here with us here this uh, this morning, or this afternoon, sorry. I must get ahead around that one. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for your time. That's Jamal Al-Awadi, the Chief Operating and Experience Officer at Wheel Bank. Jamal, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, gentlemen. This is Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone. Business set up with no regrets. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Starting up with Virtue Zone, as you've heard. Uh, welcome back to Starting Up with Virtue Zone. My name's Tom Urquhart in the hot seat. Lovely to be back uh, alongside uh, one of my great inspirations in business, uh, the chairman himself. Chairman Petch, good to have you on board as always. Fantastic. I can't sing like you, Tom, but I'll try and make up for it in other ways. I will, I will try my best to, to, to rein that in, that's for sure. Uh, listen, one thing we don't want to rein in is the power of the unicorn. Every week, we're going to be looking at an up-and-coming startup that is doing, in our eyes, 
great things. So uh, the Brains Trust have got together on this one, and we're going to call this segment the UAE's Next Unicorn. So a big problem here is that restaurants ha- have uh, food waste, plenty of food waste. It's a problem that this week's featured startup wants to st- address, but not only address, to solve before it even happens. This startup wants to reduce food waste in restaurants before food is even purchased, not prepared purchased. Big topic this week on the agenda uh, of the biggest food show in the world is, of course, Gulf food. A lot of this being discussed down there, a lot of innovation. Uh, and this is, well, this is why the startup is called... Baby, let me see it. I just want to eat it. Baby, let me see it. do yourself a disservice there, Neil Petch. Neil, singing along beautifully there with the intro <laughs> there. Uh, it is, of course, called Jalebi.io, uh, and they didn't come up with that TikTok hit, but, you know, they'll claim it anyway. Joined now by the CEO, the co-founder, Sahir Haider, who joins us. Sahir, thanks so much indeed for joining us. Thank you, Tom and Neil. It's great to be here. Loving. Thanks for the food, by the way. <laughs> well, thanks for the My food. Pleasure. Thanks we for the concept. We give those away everywhere we go. So. <laughs> thanks for the name as well. I mean, how often do you get that? Every time you introduce yourself, do you, does somebody go, oh, the song, I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a crosta bear. What do we do? <laughs> it's a brilliant pro- crosta bear for a brilliant concept as well. Look, you've been busy. Uh, you've been a busy, busy man in the last couple of years. been a busy man in the last couple of days. Step conference just across the road from our studio. So thanks for dropping by as well from pleasure. us. Uh, first of all, though, um, this wasn't a business model that you had when you set out to build it. So why start it? Why start the company? Or yeah, or what did business? it start as, basically? So uh, that's a great question because I think what happens with uh, guys like me. So I, uh, I'm i a marketing brand, a venture builder. I, I like to take an idea and try and build it and do something with it. Um, but uh, for us, I think with Jalebi, we didn't even know what the name was going to be. What we wanted to do was build a company that was going to be a B2B software or a SaaS play that would work with restaurants or in the F&B space. We weren't sure exactly what it was going to do, and we weren't sure what problem it was going to solve. Those are questions that we went out with. And through that process of customer discovery and spending many, many months and almost a year and a half, in fact, before anyone looked at us and said, hey, that's interesting. That's something that we might want to be. And this is you know, three, four iterations earlier. So we wanted to build, we, we love food. I mean, I'm from Pakistan and I mean, you know, for us food is, I don't know, it's life, whatever. Everyone I'm sure has some variety of that, yeah. but I've had a unique relationship with restaurants and food for a long time uh, because uh, when I graduated university or college um, in 2004 and I came back to Pakistan, I started building what was basically the equivalent of Zomato, a uh, discovery platform for restaurants. So I spent the last 15 years working alongside or with restaurants and just trying to understand how I can be of service, how I can contribute. But the model was flawed. And uh, over the years, I learned how to build companies. I, I learned how to be a professional, to build you know, people, put them together. And I think with Jalebi, what happened was that we started off with this very naive idea that we can build technology and solve a problem. But what we didn't understand when we started was how busy the F&B or the food and beverage industry is from a technology point of view. Mm. And so we had to do two very uh, distinct things. The first was we couldn't go out with preconceived notions and say, we're going to build to solve a problem. We have to go out and ask questions. We have to ask a lot of questions from a lot of people who are in the industry who are struggling with their operation on a day-to-day basis and try and figure out what is it about what they do that hurts them so much. And why is it that, because we have a lot of data, you know, over 60% of restaurants fail annually. 
80% of those that survive fail by the fifth year. And the main reason for this is because of a problem with working capital, especially stemming from what's called a high cost to order ratio, or how much it costs the restaurant to actually serve you your food. But that was a two-year journey that took us to figure out that's what the pain is, like that's the Achilles. You know, I would have arrived at that later, but that unpacking of that was a painful journey. We almost gave up mm. a few times. We got rejected by every investor, by every uh, anyone who would have, you know, and Fortunately, we just stuck around long enough until something made sense. Here we are. And here we are. Yeah, so Zahir, one of the reasons that we've put you up for the next unicorn is when people come in with a business plan pitching for investment, one of the things we love is when you solve a problem, right? And we've had quite a few guests over the last couple of months in the F&B space. The cost of materials is going up. So do they pass that on to the customer, et cetera, et cetera. Now you have, this is a, a data-driven solution that can make restaurant owners more efficient, presumably, and give a better experience to, to the customer. Can you explain how, if I'm a restaurant owner, how's this going to help me? <laughs> it's, a, it's a great question. You've actually put it very eloquently. Um, so I think there are two parts to this. The first is that we're still learning as we're going. So we don't have the answers. We're still trying to figure that out, right? We've taken a lot of good decisions that have allowed us to get step-by-step step, uh, further. But um, when we go to a restaurant, so there's two conversations that we have. One is to the restaurant that is savvy from a business point of view or from a finance point of view. And we'll tell them that we can help you reduce your food cost or your cost of operating essentially by 5% at mm -hmm. least. Um, we believe that we can do more than that, but we don't promise more than that because reality is that there are a lot of variables that we don't have any visibility on, let alone control. So our job is to first create this huge, this gargantuan data set that captures yeah. all of their raw information from their inventory and how that's being consumed as the recipes power the menu and you know as the customers come through the door. So I think that while the costs are going up, I think part of the problem with costs in general, I mean, I've run a service company before this, and one thing that I can say is that cash flow is so significant. Being able to hold on to money it's very hard to do. I mean, we get salaries and the money's out before we've even like made it through the first week, right? And managing cash is a big challenge. I've struggled with that personally myself a lot. So it's safe to say that business acumen is not something that everybody, even if they have it, it's still diverse. For restaurants, what we go and tell them is that we can help them actually identify new working capital that they've lost because of inefficiency in inventory, which means that they're stocking too much raw material or too frequently, or they're losing money on stuff that they've bought and not consuming because it's getting wasted or spoiled. Our platform's entire principal idea, and I mean, that's still the, you know, we're, we're working on building that kind of intelligence, but the principal idea is that we help them anticipate and understand ahead of time what those costs are going to be so that they can actually manage and improve the way that they restock. So their relationship with their suppliers become much more efficient, and their relationship with their customers become more efficient. If you're running a business and you're happy with the way things are flowing, some of the best restaurants, I mean, why do people run restaurants, Right. Vast majority of people running restaurants, and I mean, I'll make a bold statement, maybe somebody will come in and tell me that, you know, I'm full of us. But the fact of the matter is food is love, right? People yeah. people are in the business of food because it just, it creates this this wholesomeness. But, this so that, I'm, a, I'm a food lover as well, you, so we could talk for hours. Yeah. Tom has a unique relationship with many restaurants. Yeah. But <laughs> let's talk, let's talk about, about the, back in. Let's talk about the commercial side of it. What's the commercial model? 
So the commercial model is basically three-pronged. What we do is we help restaurants. We work with them for about three months to onboard all of their data because it's hard work, and we have to help them establish stickiness. We charge them a fixed monthly fee. It's a very stupidly low price right now because we're trying to get people on the platform as quickly as possible. It's only like $15 a month, basically, if you want to ask. And an extra 5% yeah. if you heard it on starting out. Exactly. <laughs> we'll discount it. The money is not the important thing. The important thing is people see value in what we're building, and they actually drive stickiness. So we work with them hand-in-glove for three months, and we actually don't we don't pay they don't pay for that period either. We want to be so hand in glove with them because we want them to understand that this is a process and it's going to take a bit of time. Um, we charge a fixed monthly fee, but the goal that we're actually after, which I won't discuss in detail right now just because we're still working on it, but is a more complicated model where we actually charge them based on how much efficiency yeah. we're actually able to drive because we want to put our money where our mouth is. And I really believe in what we're doing. So I think that's... So those of you listening who are not in the F&B sector... Americana just IPO'd for 560 gazillion dollars. If they can tweak their numbers by half a percent, Mm. look at what that does to the IPO numbers. So this analysis of data, so important. You're listening to Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone. Business setup with no regrets. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Yeah, of course, and in the company of the chairman, no less. In fact, it is Dr. Petsch today because he's got his company clinic coming your way in a few moments' time. Got any questions for the good doctor? Feel free to get them in to us now. Text me, please, on 4001 or WhatsApp on 04871-5500. It is Dr. Neil Petsch's company clinic. If you've got any questions with regards to setting up, we will answer those momentarily. In the meantime, though, we return to our conversation with our... Is it going to be the next unicorn here in the UAE? We hope so. Uh, UAE's next unicorns, fingers crossed, and more at the moment. Uh, the CEO and co-founder uh, of Jalebi.io, Zahir Haider, is with us here live in studio. Big year for the UAE, uh, Zahir, and I'm sure a big year for Jalebi.io as well. Uh, it is the COP28 at the end of the year of sustainability. Your solution addresses one of the big issues here in the region, food waste, food security being part and parcel of that. I'm sure food security is going to be on the agenda for COP28. I'm sure you will be part of that as well. Why have we got it so wrong for so long here when it comes to food waste? Inefficiency is just by nature very hard to understand until you it amounts so much that you need to somehow go back and reverse engineer what led you to that moment in the first place. And food is something just like water that we take for granted. I think in a lot of countries where we have tremendous uh, you know, uh, comfort of living like UAE, it becomes sometimes easy to sort of neglect how hard it is to actually create that food. And we have a lot of vertical farms that are doing great work in, in this country, which is amazing now. But, you know, for the vast majority of history, a lot of stuff was imported. I think food waste is one of those things where if we don't have a way of tracking it and analyzing how it's being used and how to reuse it and how to spend more efficient uh, dollars uh, consuming it, it becomes very hard to understand it because it's like what we say in Urdu, katra katra darya ban which is like every drop forms a river. And you don't see how big the river is until, you know, every drop has kind of done that. Um, Boca restaurant recently posted uh, the chair the, mm. uh, about how they've been tackling food waste. And it's a very practical thing. You need to actually be hand, hand uh, on the ground and actually understanding on a tactile level how to do it. But technology and software can actually enable people to do that efficiently as well. It's just about capturing information and being able to make actionable decisions. Uh, present here in the UAE, uh, also present across the region. Uh, yes. How exciting is other different geographies around the region for you? 
Uh, massively. I mean, um, we're we're based out of the UAE, but we're uh, a, a very Saudi-focused company, actually. And I mean, besides all the hype, because a lot of people are looking at Saudi as, you know, this big opportunity. Yeah. But we were fortunate to get in there early because we're actually a Techstars-backed uh, startup. And Techstars is one of the top accelerators in the U- uh, from the U.S. in the world. They brought us to Saudi and that opened up that whole door for us. And I think the opportunity in Saudi is tremendous. I mean, just going back to food waste. 33% of food was wasted, and this is a report done by Saudi Grains Organization. 33% of food is wasted annually in Saudi. That's the last measure. That's an enormous amount of money. I mean, you talk about the number of zeros on a check when you're writing on food waste. That's how much, imagine the amount of money or working capital that's getting wasted simply because of that inefficiency. So Saudi is a big market for us. Mm-hmm. Oman is a market for us. We're actually making great headway there. And UAE, of course, is home for us, so we're, talking, we're working with restaurants here as well. Listen, as I said, we could talk for hours on this. Uh, so kind of you to come and join us uh, live here in studio. I know you're back to step as well uh, throughout the course of this week, so people can catch up with you and the team down there. Uh, if people want to catch up online, what's the best way they get hold of you? Uh, for me, LinkedIn, uh, Z-O-H-A-R-E. Um, and uh, Jalebi is just get Jalebi at, on all our socials. And LinkedIn is just Jalebi, J-A-L-E-B-I. Best of luck with everything. Thanks so much, Shadeed, for coming on in. And best of luck with becoming, uh, well, your first first person, first subject for this new segment as well, the Unicorn. Fingers crossed, all right? And we first like, with his own theme tune. The first with <laughs> the own theme tune, yeah. Before the company. Thank you guys for having me. So, it's thank a pleasure. you so much, indeed, for joining us live and talking off that theme tune. Baby, let me see it. I just want to eat it. Baby, let me see it. Right, time for us to jump into the clinic. Uh, the good doctor is with us here, the chairman of Virtue, Neil Petch, uh, to answer your questions. And Petch, loads of questions coming in with regards to golden visas at the moment. Questions for Neil. Uh, what's the best way to get a golden visa as a business owner? And what are the benefits of a golden visa? Yeah, that's the first thing, Tom, is, is that people might think, oh, it's going to be really expensive. No. Um, look, if you've got a share capital of... 2 million dirhams, you're going to be eligible. If you've invested in property over $2 million, 2 million dirhams, you're going to be eligible. Um, and if you're even an, you're a partner in a company and with an audited report, you can show that your shares are worth more than 2 million dirhams, then you are absolutely able to have that golden visa. And what this is doing is this is, this is what I call the brain gain. The UAE is going out and get, getting the best people around the world. And we've had this wonderful opportunity, things going on in the world at the moment, which are a little bit sad globally, mm. but are a great opportunity for the UAE. So, you know, this is, this is a way to attract the best people, and it's really very, very efficient. I mean, for one thing, it's a 10-year I, – I, I was perhaps one of the, the early ones to have this, and now I'm blessed to have my children on, on the visa, my 81-year-old mother on, oh, wow. on the visa. And I remember posting – it was during uh, – right at the start of COVID, I went to have the health check, and a robot bought me a cappuccino. <laughs> That's the UAE for you, isn't it? Uh, I'm loving that as well. As you said, one of the early adopters, one of the early invitees to the uh, process, your good self, which means you probably have to renew in about five years, don't you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. Uh, in terms of, uh, you mentioned it there, because a lot of questions coming about who you can sponsor. Can you sponsor family members? Can staff go onto your golden visa? Well, look, when you've got an 81-year-old mother on your golden visa, I think that's pretty good proof how, mm. how accessible it, it, it is. It really, you know, from, from a family perspective, from a, you know, we 
used to have to renew every two or every three years. It's a, it's a bit of a pain. And it also, I think, shows your commitment to the country. And when you walk into a bank or a telecom company or something like that and they see that, it makes a little bit of a difference. So questions coming through with regards to business benefits of a 10-year golden visa or otherwise. Can you freelance on a golden visa without a freelance licence? Question from Armin. Okay, no, you can't. Um, there's a very simple process to make sure that you can freelance. Come into Zone, and we'll talk <laughs> you through it. Um, but no, it does, however, allow a much simplified business setup. So again, it's the UAE thinking this through. It's not just throwing something out there. It's what are we trying to do as a country? We're trying to have more solid businesses growing, and this is absolutely the way to do that. Dustin's been in touch. Mr Hoffman, thank you very much indeed. Lovely to hear you uh, tuning in to starting up with VirtuZone. Dustin wants to know, can you open multiple businesses using a golden visa? Uh, Yes, absolutely you can. And also business owners, I would say, have a think about this because if your staff have a salary of over 30,000 dirhams, then they are probably eligible for a golden visa themselves. And if you work out cost savings on that over an extended period of time and how you can tie in the loyalty of of your staff. So there's a benefit to them. It's a benefit to the company as well. Uh, Last up, uh, another one coming through from Vanessa today. Vanessa, thank you for your text message. Uh, 4001, got any messages for Neil Petrolin? Feel free to get them in to us. Can golden visas be bequested or given to a business owner's son-in-law? No. Ah. In-laws. We don't like in-laws, do we, Tom? (laughs) (laughs) No. Immediate uh, family, children, (laughs) wives, (laughs) mothers, fathers. Not in-laws. Not the in-laws. Sorry. Sorry, we tried. We asked the question, uh, but computer says no. There we go. (laughs) Up next, food in the metaverse. Will it catch on? Is it just a big hype? Uh, This is Tom Urquhart with you, of course. Chairman of Virtue Zone alongside me, Mr Neil Petch. This is Starting Up with Virtue his own live on Dubai I 103.8. This is Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone. Business set up with no regrets. On Dubai I 103.8. Indeed it is. In a few moments time, uh, myself and Neil Petch of Virtue Zone will be talking about the foodverse or food in the metaverse or food in a metaverse. Whichever way you want to look at it, we'll be trying to get our head around that one. In the meantime, though, lots of questions coming in uh, for Dr. Petcher's company clinic here this afternoon. We've been looking at the golden visa in some detail. Others are getting involved. In fact, we just had a question come through from one of our listeners out there saying, uh, Hey, Neil, this is from Uzma, uh, saying, look, I've got a property here in Dubai. It's worth four million dirhams, but it's on a mortgage. Can I get a golden visa if I'm on a mortgage? Yes, you can. It's obviously going to be a little bit more documentation, but uh, and it's going to depend on what value there is and so on. So we can guide you through it. Uh, uh, for the gentleman that asked that question, we can guide you through how to do it and definitely leverage it. Taher has also been in touch saying, hey there, guys. Uh, my company says that if I switch to a dependent golden visa, my gratuity we will reset uh, do you know, guys know if uh, or have any information as to whether this is true or not? It's been a bit of concern about that, hasn't it? Whether you lose your benefits. You've been working for a company for however long, get offered golden or 10-year visa, whatever, 
Uh, do you know what happens to... Yeah, I would say that this should be a constructive conversation between nice. the business and between the employee because there's benefits on, on both sides. So you might have to have a, an agreement between the two of you that says, for example, I'm choosing to go on this golden visa. It's being paid by me or it's being paid by the company or perhaps a combination of the two. And this is what's going to uh, uh, affect my gratuity afterwards. But at the end of the day, it benefits both sides. So if people people are being reasonable about it, everyone's going to benefit. Thanks for that, Neil. Right, let's move our attention to all things food and the food verse, if you like. Uh, wrapping up with something that is, well... Oh, essential to us all. Um, food. Restaurants are joining the metaverse. How? Why? What? Huh? <laughs> uh, it's a big topic at Gulf Food this year. We've seen several exclusive NFT invites to Michelin-style restaurants, food businesses, building branches in the virtual world. What does it do, though, for business? I mean, God, I'll put my hands up straight away here. I'm still trying to get my head around the metaverse Well, I suppose it means, it means you can eat and not take in calories. <laughs> Ideal. <laughs> Perfect. Mangoes in the metaverse. Before, huh? <laughs> I'm imagining it, but and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm imagining it as a sort of digital supermarket, hypermarket, where not only can you get ideas about the you, you could do your shopping first and foremost, but that would be the most basic. We can do that now. But you can find out more about products, you've got promotions from supermarkets and producers as well, all coming together in one place. Tom, I think you explained it magnificently. Digital supermarket. Meaning, I don't know. Hypermarket. Let's get some more details. <laughs> Let's hear now from Sapreet Raju, co-founder of One Rare, the world's first food metaverse based here <laughs> in the UAE. So, Sapreet says, uh, it's just like any other social media platform, but more powerful. Instagram came, you know, everybody thought it was a trend and it was a fad moment for a select group of people. Uh, and today it's become one of the most powerful business tools people have. So the metaverse is actually going to be taking that forward where people will be able to take this 2D interaction today into a more 3D format. And food businesses will be able to use this to actually discover new markets, to discover new audiences, maybe even find product fits without having to spend so much on physical locations and entities. So imagine that a chef creates an amazing experience uh, in the metaverse from Dubai and that popularity actually pushes him to global acclaim that allows him to open pop-ups across the world in US and Australia and so many places. So is it more marketing than making? The idea of the food metaverse is basically to get chefs, restaurants, food brands to engage with their customer in a new way uh, and create an immersive environment that allows people to connect with them. So imagine that you're spending time in one of the cafes where let's say they run a treasure hunt. Uh, you can go around collecting clues, playing with your friends and collect NFTs that can actually be taken back and redeemed for a real coffee. So it's the interconnection of the the virtual living we have as well as the real world uh, that will actually bring this food metaverse or what we call the food verse together. So I see the gaming and the play element there but who makes money? Where's the investment come? With any platform and with any marketing means the eventual aim is monetization and eventually uh, these metaverses will be creating monetary opportunities for the brand so maybe you will be able to go into the food verse uh, you know to your favourite burger joint, uh, construct the burger you want to eat and while 
you're making it the online order is placed so by the time you're done with your fun game the burger is delivered to you so i think there are a lot of fun ways that brands will be coming up with to engage in this and uh, as the hardware grows for it you know as we have more uh, better headsets better vr experiences uh, this will just keep getting better Someone just randomly texted in the word pickle to us. Thanks for that. Appreciate it. They do a mean burger. That's what I can tell you. But I, funnily enough, Simon Ritchie, who's the comms director at Burger Chain Pickle, who do a mean burger, uh, says it's a very niche market right now, but they want to get in the game early doors. But at the moment, it's, it's a novelty, really. It's about doing something a bit different and fun. I'm not sure that it has that much real-world application at the moment. It's probably like when the internet first started and when ordering food online first became an option. And we think that's eventually what the metaverse is going to be like. At the moment, we're still in the infancy of it. Um, but in the future, we're going to have these incredible um, dining experiences that we can't have in the real world right now. You know, one of the examples we talk about is the potential of you here and you could be sitting in Dubai and your friend could be in Abu Dhabi. You could both be online in the metaverse, playing games, doing whatever. You could walk into Pickle in the metaverse, go to the counter, chat to them about what you want, place your order, and then 20 minutes later, simultaneously, you both receive your orders to your respective houses so you can sit, enjoy the meal together and keep playing your games and it's just a seamless experience. Currently, the technology doesn't exist to make that happen, but eventually it will get there. There you go, Benji. You say and we deliver. Say pickle, we'll give you a pickle. Uh, that's exactly what we do at Starting Up with Virtue Zone. A couple of questions to wrap things up uh, with the team down here at Virtue Zone. Can you get the discount schemes such as Faza or Esad with the golden visa? A question coming through from Rami Neil. Yeah, things. Oh, that, that's a moving feast. There are some tremendous discounts that have been made available. I think they keep on looking at that. What I would say is if you've got a golden visa, you're in prime position to get the main benefits that, that, that you can. Keep asking, keep talking to people because they're going to be adding more to this and making it more of a holistic solution. It's not just about the visa. Um, right, producer saying, can you say bye, please? All right. Um, time to say bye then. Bye, please. Bye, please. Bye, please. <laughs> We're polite, chaps. Well, thanks to the bye, please, uh, <laughs> for everything they do. Uh, Neil Perch, thank you very much indeed to you and the team at Virtue Zone. If people want to find out more, vz.ae, come and see us at Sukal Baha next to the Palace Hotel. Should we do this again sometime soon? That would be lovely. Right about next week? Same time, same place. Thursday afternoons, one through to two. We'll see you next week for another edition of Starting Up right here on Dubai I 3.8.